0: This is the 99 Black Podcast.
1: Welcome to the 99 Black Podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm here with Connor. Hey, guys. This is the 99 Black Podcast, where we equip Christians to be the black sheep of culture. So, how you doing, buddy?
0: Doing well, man. I feel like it's been a hot minute since we've uh, been able to sit down and do this. Yeah,
1: it was tough to schedule this because... You have a job and it's yeah. always getting in the way of our <laughs> extracurricular activities. Why do we have bills? I know, right? So uh, I want to know I, I know what you did this weekend, but I want you to tell it, tell all the listeners <laughs> what were you up to this weekend?
0: Share what your weekend was <laughs> sure. like. Um, Share time. We got to go to Paris Mountain State Park in Greenville, South Carolina. Love it's that not place. Paris. It's not in Paris. Uh, I do know Paris. I think Buthere's would have mountains maybe I don't know <laughs> I have no idea You can tell how much I s- focused in school They have a tower um, yeah. yeah that could be whatever considered a mountain I don't know Uh but uh so yeah we got to go camping and uh I got to invite you along with us Um
1: Yeah boy my
0: my my father my brother-in-law and then my other best friend who's like my brother basically and then you my being my best friend so it was a good guys trip Um Yeah we got a mountain bike hike eat good food.
1: Dude, we were around the fire just like talking theology, talking uh, soteriology. If you don't know what that is, go look it up right now. Soteriology Um, and all different types of good stuff. It's
0: awesome like how productive like, you know, time spent with other solid Christian men can be because (laughs) there's a lot of opinions and conversations that came about that we kind of opened each one, and one, I think everybody had something to take away from it, uh, which was awesome.
1: So. Yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. I needed it badly to uh trip away. Went hiking. It was like a four mile. Wasn't like a four mile hike. Yeah, about four. It miles. wasn't that bad, and uh, just nice to get out in the wilderness and yeah. soak it all in. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I was glad. Thank you for inviting me on of course. your trip. You're always welcome. Um, yeah. So this is episode nineteen. Uh so that's awesome. Nineteen, 19 episodes Ooh. in. Our next one is our twentieth episode. We're gonna throw a big extravaganza for twenty. We're gonna have we have celebrities like Justin Bieber, <laughs> um, yep. Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we have the whole gambit, uh, and they're gonna be here giving us their I'm just kidding. And the <laughs> private concert is gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so uh episode nineteen and so I wanted to recap a little bit. The last two weeks We've been talking about the gospel writers mm-hmm. um, and basically the purpose of their writings, and then we also talked about the one of the other main contributors to the New Testament, which is Paul. Details about him and basically all this uh, back and forth, and so uh, that was really informative. If you haven't heard those episodes, please go back and listen to those please, because please. they really set so much of an understanding mm-hmm. about like the context. We always talk about context. Like you need to know the context of what you're reading. It's key because people, everybody pulls out scriptures, right? They're like that, and but you go back and like, oh, the context of that, mm-hmm. that was not right at all. So, um, go go check that out. Before that though, we had covered who is Jesus, mm-hmm. and that leads into where we're going to be today because one of the main points that we spoke about in that podcast where we were discussing John chapter one was that uh, Jesus's divinity. That, that he is God, right? And today we're going to look at the other side of that. I'm not going to say the other half of that because mm-hmm. it's not, we're not, percentages and math equations do not work when it wow. comes to the deity of Christ. Absolutely. Uh, so we talked about Jesus's divinity, and today we're going to talk about Jesus's humanity. And so the New Testament, we're finally there. Mm-hmm. We're finally getting into some passages in the New Testament and uh, it's really exciting because as I read it, um, I've read it so many times, mm-hmm. and you always find more little,
0: yeah, we definitely been, things
1: that are like sticking out. You're we've definitely been
0: it. chomping at the bit to get here. I think even when we started doing this, we were like, "Man, we should just yeah, hop into it, the it, New Testament, it, man, just like, skip it,
1: just go, <laughs> just go, go, go." But
0: it, it's definitely been um, an awesome journey to get to here, and so yeah, yeah man, it, it's. It's so, I love the understanding or the explanation of it. It's like, it's so easy that a child could grasp it, uh, the, you know, the gospels. But then it's so deep that you could read it over and over again. You know, always something will be revealed to you. So it's, it's really something exciting. Yeah. And I hope that somebody will um, see something or hear something that they never thought about before.
1: Yeah, we're, we're here to equip you with what we've learned and then, we're hoping it spurs you on. Like, that's one of the biggest reasons we do this. We want to spur you on to read it for yourself and know it for yourself, but maybe we can give you some uh, little nuggets a little lessons kind of so when you're reading, you're like, oh, I do see that, and then I also see this, that Mm -hmm. those those guys didn't point that out to me at all. You know, something cool. Um, So talking about the humanity of Jesus, this is really important. And as we're starting the New Testament, all we see at the beginning of Matthew, the beginning of Luke, All we see is that Jesus is human, and we see it clearly. So we define that Jesus is God, Mm -hmm. but Jesus is fully God and fully man. Not 100% God, 100% man, because that doesn't make math.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He is fully God, fully man. And so in the New Testament starts out, we got the virgin birth story. Um, Everybody around Christmas time is familiar with Jesus was born uh, of the Virgin Mary and all the details that go along with that. Mm-hmm. And we may dive more into that closer to Christmas time. Yeah, uh, but we wanted to kind of just wrap all of this in one little package that you have Jesus born as a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, God born in this world as a baby. So uh, the next thing is is that we see really of him as a child is he's about twelve years old mm-hmm. and he's in the temple and he's ministering to adults. His parents kind of, Leaving behind on accident, had to come back. But, and there's some back and forth about this that he is in his father's house. But mm-hmm. what we see is a 12 year old boy with, you know, kind of being questioned by his parents and astonishing other adults and all those different things. So you have a baby, you have a boy. And then the story quickly moves into Jesus's ministry where he's probably about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So we believe there's like a three year span that Jesus was ministering, and we're going to be kind of getting into that over the next couple of episodes. And so uh, we have John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. John the Baptist physically baptizing Jesus. Mm -hmm. So these are physical attributes of Christ, that he is human. And so when we're looking at the baptism story, what happens? A dove. It says the Holy Spirit does what?
0: Descended upon him like a dove.
1: Descended upon him like a dove. What exactly that means? I don't know. Is don't it that doves fall gracefully? Do they?
0: Like an imagery, or obviously, he he would say that he knew it was the Holy Spirit, and but maybe like the way it descended on him, like yeah, it reminded him a dove, or like it. I don't know. Like that was one thing that like I I've tried diving into and I think I had to spend a little bit more time on to get a full answer, but I know that, um, it definitely descended. Like the, obviously he acknowledges the Holy spirit descended on him like a dove and rested on him. And then the sky opens up. This is where the father is and it says, this is my son. Right. And so then you, that's where you see the, the Trinity and the father, son, and the Holy spirit.
1: Yeah. all together because Altogether. God is well, father was well pleased. The Holy spirit has descended. Jesus is present trinity all together right here at the baptism of christ there's a lot more details we could explain about that Mm -hmm. but we're not going to do that in this episode probably in the future yep the next point is that after this happens after jesus's ministry has officially begun because the holy spirit has descended like um john has paved the way Mm -hmm. now jesus has a ministry to do but he immediately has to separate from everyone because of this to go fast and pray. He fasts for 40 days uh, and this results in him being tempted by the devil. Uh, The devil is going to attack intensely because he knows the Mm -hmm. danger that is Christ Mm -hmm. and that what the work of Christ has the potential to do. I don't know that Satan has the knowledge of at at that time Mm -hmm. that what jesus was going to do or that the impact that it would have yeah i think he knew obviously god had a plan working out and he was trying there's lots of passages uh before this and around this that explain like he was trying to get rid of jesus because he knew that god was going to use that somehow so if he can cancel that plan out Mm -hmm. like uh the the pharaoh or the the emperor whoever it was um Killing all the babies yep. and different things like that. So, like things were happening to t- try to prevent whatever that plan was that God had. But I don't believe that the devil knew what it was. Yeah, he's not omniscient. Yeah, I wouldn't give him too much, much credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot give him that much credit. Yeah. Um. So Jesus immediately separates, and he's being tempted. One thing I wanted to say is, as we're gonna going to talk about this passage in Matthew four and Luke 4, where Jesus is being tempted. Uh, the temptation of us as believers mm-hmm. comes into, like, as part of the discussion, and we're going to talk about that too, like application of what to do when we're tempted. But one of the big things to notice in the humanity of Christ is that he is tempted. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see about that in this passage. Um, And so I would dive right in this passage, and I have some interesting notes about yeah. for me, about this passage that I've noticed before as I read it, and we're going to kind of point out some things that we see about it, but I just kind of wanted to uh, go through it a little bit by bit, and we'll just see what God has to show us about it. I'm excited. So in, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And then for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Um, and during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So I'm going to stop. So he's having an interaction with the devil Mm -hmm. who, so one thing people may not know is the devil or Satan is not his name. This, this angel, that's not his name, right? That is his title because this word just means adversary. Mm -hmm. He is the adversary of God. And so that's who we're talking about. This adversary of God. Um, and he's going to tempt Jesus because he's hungry. Now, what's my favorite candy bar?
0: Snickers. Snicker.
1: And you know what their fra- their motto
0: is? You're not yourself until you have Snickers.
1: Yeah, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Oh, you're not you're yourself not when you're yourself hungry. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Obviously. And because modern. they're like, hey, give us a Snicker. That'll make me not hungry anymore. And uh, because when you're hungry, something shifts inside of you. You ever oh, heard yeah. the terminology hangry?
0: Uh, Yeah, I experience it daily. (laughs) Yeah, I get hangry
1: all the time. And the the thing that makes me hangry instead of just hungry is my flesh. Being tempted to react in a way that I'm uncomfortable right now. I don't like what's happening right now because I'm hungry. And it causes a reaction in me uh, that probably is not Mm Christ-like because I get angry about it. Instead of just being like, hey... Uh, you ate a few hours ago. Calm down. Quit being a sissy boy and just pull your man. pants up and let's go.
0: Well, 40 days, man.
1: 40 days is huge, though.
0: 40 days is, and when I looked it up, Um, that is in the category of starvation. So you are falling in. You're not, like, I know it says, like, very hungry, but, like, you are falling into the category of starvation, like where your body is just it it's it has got nothing left like you're on that verge for a human like for yeah. us like that is starvation so i could only imagine um being in a situation like that 40 days i mean like a month 30 days like mm-hmm. and i can barely go you know 3 hours without you can barely go 30 minutes what are you talking yeah, about yeah man i'm a big boy but <laughs> like that that just always blew my mind uh is how the 40 days like that's just such yeah, a long time yeah it's
1: it's really long time it is humanly possible Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that people fast first, the Bible tells you to, yes. uh, but it, it causes such a dependence upon God. Mm-hmm. Just think about what Jesus is dealing with during this time. He he's ha he's going without food. So you're depriving the body mm-hmm. to focus all of your energy, a little bit of energy that you have on to God and oh, yeah. worshiping him. And so it's, it's a really great thing to do, and we're going to talk about a little bit more of if you've ever done that or how someone might do that or might not do that mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's just really good, practical information that we can learn from. But so Jesus is in this uh, wilderness or garden or whatever it is, and the devil is tempting him because he's hungry. And he starts challenging Jesus right off the bat. And he says, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the first thing that I see him doing right here in this little exchange is uh, Jesus combats the devil with scripture.
0: Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 8.
1: Deuteronomy 8. And he says, People don't live by bread alone. They live by the words of the mouth of God. And that makes me think like, hey, if you're tempted, Mm -hmm. what should you be doing? You should know your scripture to be able to combat the temptation. When the world is coming at you with, you should do these things. Like, all of these things are normal. All of these things are okay. But the Bible says, God's word says, hey, don't do that. Um, You should be able to say, like, why? Like, Mm -hmm. I know why. I know why, because this verse, I know this verse because um, I've read it. Oh, yeah. It's in my heart. It's deep down. So the first thing that I see Jesus doing is combating the enemy with Scripture. Yeah. The word is also referred to in many um, instances as the sword. Mm-hmm. So it is like a weapon.
0: Oh, yeah, the sword of the Spirit.
1: Yeah. And so that's what he does. So there. this next part is r- kind of gets me jacked up because I see the devil still doing this tactic that we're about to see. I see it so often. It says, then the devil tries again, right? So he took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say. So now the devil is going to use scripture. Mm -hmm. Now I've seen this. I've seen this in Live Living Color, where people are using scripture to take their point and Tell people to do something that is wrong.
0: So what? So this is what is really interesting about this. And I don't want to, but I just want people to focus on this one thing. So and so he says, he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone, mm-hmm. right? That scripture that he's quoting, Psalm 91, Psalm 91. 11 through 12, right?
1: Like, oh wow, yeah. Satan is Satan is commanding. You just said that's a scripture, right? Yep. Why don't you finish the scripture? That was the whole <laughs> point that I was trying to say,
0: man. Like, this it, is the
1: amazing part. That so, is only a portion of the scripture that he gave, right?
0: Yes, and he it, it says, um, "You will trample upon lions and cobras." is how am I saying? And you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet, right? So Who's the, the serpent? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's he's it, it, that scripture right there. Could have he could have used the same scripture that he was quoting to end it, mm-hmm. right? But, but uh, instead, I, I I really love how Jesus because uh, he quotes uh, Deuteronomy six, and he's saying, "Scripture say you must not test the Lord your God." So instead of going into Psalms, and he could have fully used that, he acknowledges the the authority of God, mm-hmm. right? He 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 he's saying, "Oh, like you don't want to test God, right then and there." Mm-hmm. And he's u- using scripture to like prove the, the whole point. the whole time. Yes. Christ
1: knows the scriptures. Yes, he knows it. Now now he's referencing Old Testament scriptures because yep. that's what that's what they had at the time because what we're reading is the account of yeah. that so that is more scripture but I as a Jew he's referencing Psalms Deuteronomy these are the Jewish scriptures right mm-hmm. yeah i just find that amazing that what the devil does is say here's a bible verse yeah i'm not going to tell you then because the end of that verse talks about his own destruction yep he's like you know the scriptures say that the angels are going to protect you uh I'm not going to mention that the rest of that scripture says that you are going to literally crush me. You know what I'm saying? You're going to
0: crush me, but instead of, and I I truly believe, and this is me where I'm reading that, that obviously Satan knew that. That's why he chose to cut off right there. Mm -hmm. Jesus knew that. Yeah. And instead respects the authority of God and says, it says, do not test the Lord your God. Right? That, That is just, that's well, like, that's how we should be well-equipped, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, we should know the word back, forth, left, and right, that where we can say, hey, like, okay, this is the – you you're pulling that context here, but it also says right here that this is, you know, this is what God wants. This is what aligns with it. Because, like, I feel like if he would have just kind of went along with Satan, and he could have ended it right there, it's just, you know – He was well-equipped, like he was fully without a doubt. It was on his heart. He was prepared, and he was able to not—I don't want to say come back because I don't want it to be a competition, but I do think that um, Jesus intentionally chose to respect the authority of God, and that was more of a, a defeat to Satan than just finishing out the Scripture like that. That was one thing that was important to me.
1: So the scriptures say you must not test the Lord your God. I think this is something that we all can learn from this verse here. Yeah. I even stop and think, all right, don't test God. Don't say, I'm going to do this and see if God responds. God, if you're real, then do this right now. Like Mm -hmm. these aren't, we, who are we? Who are we to test God?
0: Yeah, 100%. It's
1: not our position. It's not our place.
0: I mean, well, even um, like... You know, people were known by their fear. Like they were known to be, like before Jesus, they were known to be uh, followers of God by their fear of God. Like they had, they had this uh, understanding of fear, uh, of, you know, that respectful fear of yeah. God, expe- understanding God's authority. Um, but even uh, when we talked about Paul in the last episode, his the Rabbi in Gamaliel, um, he says to the guys when he's speaking reason, he's like, you know, if this isn't the Messiah it'll fizzle out. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if, if it is true, we're fighting against God. You do not want to do that. Right. Like there's an understanding that like, do not put God in a box or like in a genie bottle to where like, we're going to test where he's at. And also I've always said, you don't want him to make an honest man out of you. Mm -hmm. So like, where you say, God, just, you know, you know, show yourself like, or something like that. Like, if you ask for that, like be careful, like you're gonna be see. what you ask for. Yeah, be careful what you ask for because it might not be what you, how you want it to think. Like,
1: yeah, when people think of being like fearful of God, they kind of think like I'm gonna be scared. Like, Mm-mm. but it's a reverent fear because you understand the power and authority of God. It's like um maybe like a a military tank. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of tanks unless it's pointed at me. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> you know? true. Very I'm true. not scared of a tank unless it's about to roll me over. Mm-hmm. Um because I understand there is major power and weight behind a tank mm-hmm. and there's major destruction that can come from one mm-hmm. but uh, I can also sit on one I could go go for a yeah. ride you know and then you know because it depends on which side I'm on yeah. of it and so I I do have a understanding that hey this is something I don't mess with because yeah. it could mess me up yeah. big time and God's the same way I have a, a reverent fear it's kind of like my dad growing up my, I knew my dad loved me and I know not everybody can relate yeah. to that, but I did know my dad loved me, but I also knew that my dad was going to beat the fire out of me. If I would not shut up yeah. during breakfast time when my brothers were like teasing at me. Yeah. And
0: so, you know, what does this mean for us? This is the thing is like, you know, you're saying you, just that analogy you just used, like, I know this is powerful and this is something I don't want to mess with. And so don't test the Lord your God. You're seeing Jesus not paraphrase scripture. You don't see him kind of going, oh, well, you know, God It's not not a paraphrase. He is, he has it memorized on his heart and he is quoting it word for word and using it in context to prove that, um, to resist the temptation that the devil is putting on mm-hmm. him. I think that one, that should show for us that we as Christians should have God's word on our heart. I mean, in Ephesians, it talks about this in the spiritual armor of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like be prepared for the spiritual battles that head, like we should have that inscribed on our heart and fully suited up, ready to roll. Um, not in a way of like, Trying to um, conquer everyone and trying to uh, belittle everyone or be prideful, and that is not what that is at all.
1: It's Just being but, equipped,
0: but but when it was only when Satan, you know, pushed that temptation, then it was the call, then the response, right? Like you know, he could,
1: put out fault like not the whole, like half truth out there. Deception and how what or if someone deceiving. came to you with a half half truth, right? Yeah. And they give you a verse, the Bible says this, and you're like, oh, shoot, I don't know if that's true or not. Because you're just not well-versed in the Word, you're easily deceived. But obviously Christ is not easily deceived here, because even after being super hungry, 40 days, the devil is at him at his his lowest point as a human being, Mm -hmm. and he's still able to fight against the temptation uh, and the lies that are being offered, because he's equipped by having the word of God.
0: So let me ask you this temptation in itself, like a lot of Christians, I've you know, growing up, it's hard for them to accept temptation. And they think like, um, being tempted is a sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain on that. Cause like, Like it it, it cracks. So Jesus is tempted. Yeah, he's being tempted. Jesus
1: is without sin. So how can that be? Well,
0: we see definitely that he's led by the Spirit Mm -hmm. to be tempted, right? And obviously that's showing us that as Christians, how to handle temptation, right? But I've heard some Christians approach it and go, "Well, you know, like I'm I'm really being tempted," and they look at that that the. Just the fact that they are being tempted as sin. And so I just kind of Well, went. if
1: you all right, you can only be tempted by something if it's a reality. Mm-hmm. So if you said if you jump out this second story window, mm-hmm. I'll give you a million dollars. Am I gonna do that? <laughs> no. No, no. You don't have a million dollars. Yeah. But what if I knew that you did? Mm. I would see, like, I know the driveway's hard, but I think I could probably land like Spider-Man out there. Yeah. And I might try it. Mm-hmm. So only if things are reality. So in, in this passage, what the devil is offering, uh, He this in this next verse he does this, and this will help me make my point. Yeah. Verse 8, next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world. Kingdoms of the world, mm-hmm. not the kingdoms of God, right? So the kingdoms of the world— and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And Christ says, get out of here, Satan. Uh, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away. Yeah. Um, so the devil takes him to this peak and offers him the world. Mm-hmm. Why can he do that? Because God has allowed him possession of our current world.
0: I think that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow.
1: And mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. can be tempted by this momentary yeah. leadership. Cause but of. he knows that he if he can make it through this, mm-hmm. he, if he can make it through this temptation and not fall, because he was without sin, but he was tempted in every way that we are. That's another passage that I wanted to talk about, Hebrews 4, yeah. 15. He was tempted in every way that we are. So he's tempted by this. Because it is a real legitimate offer, mm-hmm. but it's the only thing that Satan has, yeah is the world. And if Jesus does kneel take the knee, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine yes. like how the world would come unraveled. Oh man, uh, because Satan wins right there, right? But he doesn't mm-hmm. uh, and he he tells Satan to flee, and he does because mm-hmm. he's giving up. He's like, even this guy's broken down completely. And he's still not going to come to the temptation with me because he is so in tune with what God is doing that he can't be pulled away from it. And he's obviously tempted because it says that he is. Yes. And so if Jesus was tempted, we can be tempted too without sinning. Mm -hmm. The response to the temptation is is, the sin. the sin or not? Yeah, it, yeah, it's right. the either it's the, or. It's, it's the either or. How you respond to the temptation is your answer on if it was sin or not. Mm-hmm. And you know how much you're considering it. That may be a key to look into if it's a, if if you're sinning or not. Mm-hmm. If you're entertaining it like long period of time, you're probably you're probably doing something that is separating you from God. If you're constantly entertaining. Let's say pornography. You're constantly entertaining pornography. Mm-hmm. That is separating you from God. That's pulling you back.
0: And that entertainment is not just, you know, straight up looking at pornography. That is the the TikTok videos, the movies you shouldn't watch. That's getting all as the different cl- things
1: that are on the list. That you know it when you see it. You yeah, know, like right? you
0: know you're getting real close to the edge, and 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 you're entertaining that. Yes. That's. That's the 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 temptation. Mm-hmm. It's right there, like you know,
1: yeah, and what you do with that, what's your response mm-hmm. to the temptation may be sin. and yeah. if you're not focused on the scripture, you're not focused in prayer, you will most likely succumb to that sin mm-hmm. and I pray that you would feel guilty so it would cause repentance. and then what repentance doesn't just mean I'm sorry. Repentance means I'm turning away from that thing. So Absolutely. we would pray that if, you're, if you have these temptations, that you would be praying, mm-hmm. God, help me with this. I repent and I turn away from it. And I don't want anything to do with it because the sin separates me from you.
0: But how, how is that only possible?
1: Only through the Holy Spirit. There you go, man. Only, only through the Holy Spirit is it possible, which means you need to be dependent upon the Spirit mm-hmm. and not be ignoring the Spirit. Yeah. not being not ignoring the things of God and there's some ways that we're going to kind of point to that Jesus has been doing this. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I mean, so like so the spirit leads him, right? Guides him there. He's tempted, and this is showing us, hey, like in like you just stated, the temptation itself is not the sin. It's the what you do after it's it. The action. It's the follows. action after it that follows is what is either a sin or not. You either resist it, or you don't, right? He uses scripture to combat that, right? And he knows it on his heart, and then we see what happens after. Like, right after this ends, he's filled with, you know, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he he, he starts going into, um, you know, a town, and going there. And so, I don't know, man, like, when I hear, like, letting how you just said with the sin, um, set, you know, Hey Lord, like I I know this sin is separating me. I I, I'm falling into this temptation. Like help me resist this. this Acknowledging it is first. Acknowledging it is first. Help me resist this temptation. I kind of always go back to what Paul was saying in Galatians, like let the Holy spirit guide you in everything you do. Right. Mm -hmm. Because your sinful nature, excuse me, is going to do the exact opposite of that. And so, because these two are always combating each other, you are not to lean on your own good intentions, right? Which means, when you're trying to fight, tempt, I just apply it to this. is like, when you're trying to fight temptation, you are trying, and you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to carry that weight. Or you're, oh, it's not, I'll just dabble a little bit, or it's not that bad. I mean, I know I struggle with this, but I can go... To this party. I know I can... That is not... That's leaning on your own good attentions, and it will fail you every single time. Yeah, right? so
1: I have some thoughts on that. If yeah, please. Using this model, basically, that Jesus shows us in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. So you can go to either passage. They're just two different decide or two different apostles, you know, pointing to the same story. And uh, first of all, I wanted to reiterate Hebrews 4.15 It ends with this, but the one who has been tempted—it's talking about Jesus—in all things, just as we are, yet without sin. Yes. So, if you need some, if you need to know if Christ relates to you, if you need to know that He is personal and understands the pain and the sin that you are dealing with, whatever—if it's sexual sin, if it's uh, something, some substance, if it's Mm -hmm. anger. Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that the sin that you're struggling with, Jesus has been tempted by it, yet was without sin. Mm-hmm. And that should comfort you, That to know that God has experienced the temptation, God in the flesh has mm-hmm. experienced it and did not succumb to it, which should give you hope that I can overcome this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. So how do we deal with temptation? There's four things that I see Jesus doing here. First, separate, pray, fast, and scripture. Yep. Those four things. If you're trying to get closer to God and block out the sin and temptation in your life, you're like, I just need a model. Well, he just modeled it. First, he separated. So immediately after his ministry began, he separated from everybody and went to go fast. Mm. It was like the first thing. He's like, before I do anything else, I need to go get alone with God. Yep. I need to also say that separate does not mean isolate. The biggest thing, that listen to me right now, the biggest thing <laughs> that people do when they are struggling with sin, every single time I see this, they completely isolate from everybody, so they can battle it by themselves. Yep. They don't tell anybody what's going on. They quit going to church. They start doing different things. They get away from the the crowd that promotes a Christ-like life. They isolate all to themselves uh, because you have the whole world on your phone, right? So mm-hmm. I don't need these friends kind of making me feel convicted, and I don't make anybody feel convicted uh, because I'm trying to to harm them. I don't even try to make anybody feel convicted, period. The Holy Spirit just does that. Yeah. And he might use me to point it out to somebody, but hey, like I'm worried about you or something like that. But people isolate. It drives me crazy because I see it coming a mile away every single time. I think God's given me this spiritual gift of discernment where I'm able to see that about people, and I see it all the time. And, I'm, and my heart hurts for those people yeah. because I'm like, I know you're going through something. And instead of making it where I could help you or I could kind of come beside you and help you be accountable and help you heal and recover, now you have completely separated yourself from me and isolated. So when yeah. I say separate, I don't mean separate from support. I don't mean separate uh, from community mm-hmm. unless that community is the one causing you to be tempted. Yeah. I mean... Get some quiet time going immediately. And nobody needs to hear this more than I do. I yeah. need to do better with this. I've always found ways to make my quiet time sm- smaller and smaller where I am have something else going on while I'm praying, something else going on while I'm reading scripture. I'm guilty of this 100%. So don't separate. Yeah. Don't separate from community. Do separate to be alone with God. Mm-hmm. You need to make that a priority. The second is prayer. Now, I know this passage doesn't specifically say that he's praying. We both know that's what he's doing in the garden. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's how you communicate with God, is it not? Yeah. So he's not just going out there and being hungry. If, if you were hungry, don't you start praying? God, yes. please, Please just help, help me, me make it to 1130. Yeah. I can go eat some lunch. Mm-hmm. And so God is, uh, Christ is going to be praying. We know that's a fact. And, and prayer is super important. Um, in the Sermon on the Mount, he models how to pray. So if you're wanting to know how to pray, our church has actually been going through this right now. But if you need some help how to pray, hey, just go do the Lord's Prayer until you can make it more personal. Make Mm -hmm. it as personal as you can. Tell God who he is and tell God who you are and be honest.
0: Man, like that is the one thing that really changed my life was first – I, I think that was what one thing that we kind of walked through really hard was prayer. Was that I was like, man, like you know, it's just I feel like I'm just kind of, kind of not really doing anything. I you go were, through the you motions, were, you know. And yeah, I was like, I was kind of going through emotions, and you're like, tell God who He is,
1: which is good. Tell Him Telling right off the bat all the adoring factors about before you himself. start.
0: Tell Him who He is. Sing His praises
1: because He deserves it. Yes, uh, you, some of you might not want to hear that and you it, might have to force yourself to say it in a yeah. hard time.
0: And then I think we went into, you know, thank him for the blessings, thank him for the, th- the things that he's provided in your life. Admit that you're admit that you know confess yeah, your confess sins. Your sin, yeah. And then and then just talk. Like and now I started doing that structure right off the rip. Man, changed it changed the game of You're Not My Genie. And hey, how's it going? God, I need this, 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 and so this. Jesus, uh, me again. <laughs> <laughs> it was, hey, look, you are the one true God, and going into it, and you see a lot of that in the evidence of the Bible. When these guys, when these cats were praying, they were they were singing God's praises from the get go, mm-hmm. right? Because it, that He is God, He is the Almighty, Alpha and Omega. Give it to Him, let yeah. Him hear it, you know. And then and then submit yourself and and he and He can handle honest. your complaints, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he definitely he can, can. handle it. Yeah, I know
1: as a dad, um, I know yours aren't this age yet, but mine complain constantly. Mm. I would much rather them complain to me than say nothing. Yeah. And uh, I want to hear their complaints. I'd like to answer them too. And so they got to let me do that. But I love them, and God loves us, mm-hmm. and he wants relationship with us. And if that means you need to vent to him, do it. I yeah. would love to have if my kids were angry with me. I would love for them to vent to me and explain, and then now we can make everything right. Yeah. And so, separating time with God, praying, fasting. I want to ask you this: Have you ever fasted?
0: I have. I do it on the. I, I do it pretty pretty often. Um, in the in the sense of this. I, I've, I've never done like a full day fast uh, but I have I have fasted um not in food wise because yeah. we just talked about my addiction <laughs> we talked we kind of chained yeah. me a so little fasting
1: bit fasting doesn't yep. necessarily mean food I will say depriving yourself of food will point to your dependence on God absolutely more than anything will honestly yeah. because it is the sustenance it is what you need and basically you're depriving your body of something. So you can focus on uh, filling that void with God as your provider.
0: Yeah. Just because like of me working out, you know, I got pretty regular into fasting and I was noticing that it was just like a routine of mine. And so I didn't want it to be a check the box. Um, It wasn't for the, for God. It wasn't for that. So I found my, where I put all my time and attention and mine was social media and Ended up deleting that and did you know a month fast on that? Yeah, that, I've done
1: I've done a forty day fast from social media, actually not too long ago. And that was hard. Um, I also did a forty day fast from energy drinks, mm-hmm. which was which was probably the hardest uh, fast that I've done yeah. that I can remember because I just it was so much part of my routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I fast from something like today, I fasted from social media. Our church is doing like a twenty four hour food. What Whatever it is, so, what, think of something that, if you took it away, would cause you to lean into God a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. What scripture would you point someone to to understand fasting?
1: Well, Isaiah, which you pointed out to me a few weeks ago, Isaiah 58. That wasn't a loaded question. Uh, I just <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 58 uh, tells about some fasting that was going on in the Old Testament, and what it does is talks about the motive. So that is something mm-hmm. I wanted to mention as you can be legalistic with something. You can say, hey, my church is doing this fast and uh, for a day or whatever, and I'm going to do it too, and I'm just doing it just because everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah 58 talks about motive and people that do the fasting and things for the wrong motive. I will tell you, honestly, the reason that I'm doing the fasting w- is kicked off by the fact that my church requested me to do it. Mm-hmm. But the follow-through is not. The follow-through is because I want to force myself to be dependent upon God. I want my mind to be dependent upon God. And so what I find is that I'm much more apt to study a little bit more, pray a little bit more when I have taken away something that I want and replaced it with those things. Yeah. So I took that time that I've been using to eat or be on social media or whatever I've said, hey, I'm taking 24 hours away from all this, and during this 24 hours, not only am I taking these things away, I am intentionally going to do things that draw me closer to yeah, God. Yeah, there's
0: there's the key right there. Don't It's not just like not it's eating. It's not just <laughs> deprivation for deprivation. It's yeah, like, not okay. eating or just like not being on social media, and you're like, all right, and then you're like, nothing changed. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, you, you didn't intentionally try to spend time with God. You didn't intentionally dive into the word. You just... So he just suffered <laughs> really, you know what I mean? So I definitely, that's the key is like, yeah, definitely we're not being legalistic
1: and fasting, fasting just for fasting's yep. sake, taking something out of our routine just for the sake of it, change your routine. Absolutely. So what I did today, while I had no social media all day, I, first of all, I move all my apps to the very last page on the phone. So I'd, because habit, you know, you click, oh, yeah. and I always have my Bible app on the front page in case I accidentally click it. also have a few, um, uh, I'm part of something called TheosU, which is like paid subscription for like le- college lectures type thing. It's really awesome, and I advise people to do something like that. So when I wanted to listen to something, I listened to a podcast. And today, uh, when I wanted to listen to music, I made sure it was worship music. Absolutely. I did things that were focusing my attention on God instead of the world. I didn't even watch political or, or talk radio or anything like that, which I like to listen to from time to time. I did things that shifted my focus. Absolutely. And I think that's what we have to do. So I asked Cassie um, if there were any questions that somebody dealing with temptation might want to know, and she gave me a couple, and, and the first one was, if you're dealing with temptation, should you tell someone? What do you think? One hundred percent.
0: Um. It, well, hang on. That's the. This is okay. One hundred percent. If you can trust that person, I'm not talking. Share things with everybody. Don't go sharing everything with everybody. You need and some wisdom I'm, on this. Use wisdom, and find someone who you know can speak. To this. It right? may be,
1: like, if you don't have any close friends like that, it may be your pastor.
0: It may be your pastor. Um, But use, use co- like, just use discernment, really honestly. Like, think about it. Use common sense. I don't go telling everybody my, my history or what I'm dealing with on a
1: day-to-day. I'll use something embarrassing like pornography. Yeah. Like, you're dealing with pornography, and I'm speaking from experience here. Mm-hmm. I struggled with this even at the beginning of our marriage. Yeah. Uh, thank Lord I was delivered from that. Don't mm-hmm. even have the temptation for it anymore unless I start allowing little videos to, oh, that's there's only a little bit of that in this one, and then yeah. then it starts coming back. But I, I specifically keep those things out. And what you have to do is tell somebody that you can trust 100% not to go spread your business. Yes. And that's why I say it may be your pastor because you're, a good pastor is not going to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and And that's... And that's doesn't just apply to just like, okay, like I, I tackled this really big temptation and this really big issue. And now the little ones I can handle, mm-hmm. like I still call you up daily. And because of, we built that trust, I still call you up daily. And I'm like, man, like kind of struggling with this. And like, yeah. personally, I don't, I, I want to know how I should approach this. Finding somebody
1: that you can be accountable to is difficult, but really important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the second thing, uh, that she said someone might want to know was, are some temptations worse than others?
0: Some temptations worse than others.
1: And it's kind of an interesting question. It is. Um,
0: I would say, <laughs> like, personally speaking, I've been in some very bad um, situations. I think
1: certain temptations have worse consequences there it than is. others. Yeah, that's
0: a good way to explain it.
1: Uh, All temptation that are sinful are trying to bring you away from God. Yes. And so in that way, they all take you away from uh, from being holy and righteous, from like in relationship with a holy and righteous God. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, they are all bad. Yeah. It's kind of like sin. that's all bad. Yeah. But not all sin has the same consequences. Not all temptation of sin has the same consequences. Yeah, the
0: repercussions yeah. after. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, like a small temptation could be uh, – when I get to work 30 minutes early and typically I'll, that will be my quiet time to just kind of focus on God and get prepared for the day. And I click on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I, could, I could scroll for five minutes. You know or the I mean? other
1: temptation could be, Hey, I get to work early and my coworker's there and I want to sleep with her. <laughs> yeah, it could be you really know, extreme. You know, wow! Like, <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be really like, extreme. The spectrum is wide, so the consequence. I want to go flirt
0: with the girls in there and like you know have a good time. And but blah, they're blah, both
1: blah. rooted in the same spot. Yep. They're both rooted in the same place, which is things that pull you away from who God has intended you to That's be. Good point. And yeah. so I think uh, I think it's really important that you do tell somebody if you're dealing with something. Um, find somebody you can trust. You need to separate yourself uh, from maybe some of your daily habits, and find some time with God. You need to be in prayer. Try fasting for a day. Try yeah. some, fasting from something. Try to focus your efforts on Christ.
0: And make, make it obtainable right off the rip. That's yeah, one yeah. thing I will say. Like This just isn't make, like a challenge to see what the yeah. hardest thing you can do is. The 30-day challenge. No, just like make something attainable. To, you know, Self-deprive yourself of something and focus on God. Small and steps. Yeah, you'll definitely see a change. And the
1: last one that I mentioned earlier was Scripture. Oh boy. Know your scripture. In in this separation, this time of separating yourself for prayer and all this stuff, this is when you need to be in your world.
0: Well, like so the whole body you just used, you could use scripture to help you navigate each one of those situations. Your your separation, like separating and, and getting time with God, your prayer, how to pray, what that looks like, how to fast, and and then, you know, like connecting scripture to scripture. Like have it on your heart, man. Like, like I said, I get fired up whenever I read Ephesians because I'm like, man, like I feel like I'm ready for battle, and it's it's because I'm prepared, ready. And I think C- Second Peter even says like, be well equipped, like be ready. I think it was Second Peter, right? Is that correct?
1: It's one of the Peter's. One <laughs> of the Peters. I think it. I First think Peter three fifteen. I think is what we're thinking of. Yes,
0: and it's saying be well equipped, like be ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 something that as Christians, I think we should be. um ready to defend the faith uh Absolutely. but also it will be it will help you resist temptation just as we saw the example with jesus and then you, knowing the comfort that jesus was tempted and did not sin um, should bring you comfort and saying you know i can actually do this like this is i can do this
1: yeah if we can point you to a avert or like some passages to help you do this better uh, maybe a reading plan, like shoot us a DM, email 99 podcast at gmail.com. Like please. send us a question. Instagram is probably the fastest way to contact us. Mm-hmm. And and we would love to help you get started. Uh, or if you have a friend that's trying to get started, speaking yeah. of having a friend, share this podcast with a friend. The The way that we're going to get our name out there is is sharing this uh, with people that we love because we're just trying to equip. If you want to equip somebody, share it. Also, last, please review this podcast. I was looking through some different podcast reviews the other day and uh, type something, include a message with what you're learning from this podcast. If you have never done this before, please just do it for us. Uh, We want to grow this podcast. We've been doing this for three months, episode 19, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're looking forward to uh, reaching a lot of people. So we won't be able to reach a lot of people if you don't help us out. So thank you so much uh, for listening and for everyone that's been Um, contributing and, and going back and forth with us on Instagram and reviewing. So please do that if you haven't done that yet. That's all I've got for the temptation of Jesus. I can't wait for us to see you in the next episode where we equip Christians to be the black sheep of culture. We'll see you next week.